This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 18 seconds left. Down by three. Jones for Jackson. Jackson, it's blocked by Green. Ten seconds left. Jackson forced a foul. Curry. Draymond Green with a defensive dagger. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Tuesday. As you hear the call last night with Draymond Green and the defense, he played in a close victory by the Warriors. That series now 3-1. The others, well, we're at 2-2 as we head to Philadelphia, Miami tonight, Dallas, and Phoenix. Let's talk about it all with Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough. He's joining us on the Roman guest line as we get set for a Game 5 down in Miami. Ryan, it's interesting watching this um, this Sixers and Heat series. Joel Embiid comes back and obviously changed a lot for Philadelphia. But the thing that's been so stark so far is the shooting. You know, down in Miami for the first two games, Miami shot the lights out. Sixers could not shoot the basketball. Now the opposite here, including James Harden having a big game in game number four. What's your read on this, uh, Ryan, as we head back to Miami for game five? It's been the home teams uh, in all four of these games so far. Hey, good morning, guys. Always great to be on with you. And I think those two things are related, Joe. The, the return of Joel Embiid to the lineup and Philadelphia shooting a lot better because Miami's a good defensive team. And from a defensive schematic perspective, they obviously have one of the best coaches in the business and Eric Spolstra leading them. But if DeAndre Jordan is the starting center, he is not an offensive threat at all. Really, you know, maybe just right at the rim at this stage in his career, but he's certainly not the lob threat he once was. Uh, but when the great Joel Embiid returns to the lineup – um, you know, he's, he's fit right in, 24 points, 11 rebounds, a couple assists last night uh, in 38 minutes. That puts so much pressure on your defense to, to guard Embiid, to help on Embiid, to dig on Embiid, and then opens up uh, shooting lanes for, for James Harden, George Niang, uh, Danny Green. Uh, so the series really changed and shifted. Uh, you know, now I, I think this one's kind of a coin flip the rest of the way. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Philly is a different team, obviously, with Embiid. Uh, Miami looked, you know, like, like they might roll early in the series, and I think they would have rolled had Embiid not returned to the lineup. Um, this one, Joe, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb, may go with the upset, but uh, I, I think Philly may, may pull this one off. I, you know, game five is obviously critical down in Miami, um, but I like the way the 76ers are trending. And, uh, you know, we saw vintage uh, James Harden the other night, especially late in the game when it mattered, uh, Harden delivered, which is what, as you know, Philly fans have been waiting for for a long time. Yeah, Ryan, uh, Miami minus 150 favorites for the series. They're favored by three, three and a half points tonight. And uh, naturally, as you mentioned, a lot of people are focusing on Embiid. Are you going to get this hardened with with the step back three? Came back when most people were uh, thinking that that he was uh, on the downside of his career here and whether or not Sixers should pay him for the long term. 
But on the Miami side, you mentioned uh, the obvious strength they have with the coaching staff. But the other thing we always talk about with Miami is their depth. And right now, look at how bad Lowry is and Duncan Robinson, nowhere to be seen. Is is that no longer an advantage for the Miami Heat, the depth that we've always talked about? I'm with you on questioning the Duncan Robinson decision. I wonder what's going on there. The Heat were just 7 for 35 from 3 in game 4 the other night, just 20%. I imagine they'll shoot better at home, but but Lowry's not moving very well. As, as you know, his back looks stiff and tight. Uh, there are times where he looks okay, but then other times he's clearly laboring when he moves a certain way. And, and keep in mind, we're talking about one of the toughest guys in the league, but a player who is in his mid-30s, who's taken as many charges and as much physical contact as anybody, especially any perimeter player in the NBA over the last 10 or 15 years. So I wonder if that's catching up with him. And, uh, yeah, Miami's bench didn't show up, uh, you know, the other night. I mean, Tyler Harrell, sixth man of the year, was was okay. He was four for 12, but wasn't as efficient as usual. Oladipo was three for nine. And um, without, you know, with, with Lowry injured, uh, without Robinson in the rotation, and then with those other guys struggling, um, that, that really, you know, the depth wasn't really a factor for Miami. Uh, it's basically a seven-man rotation with Markeith Morris playing three minutes and uh, Caleb Martin getting garbage time. So, um, you know, I, I think, again, I, I think the momentum shifted uh, to Philly. I think as it relates to the other series uh, we'll talk about, I'm sure here in a minute tonight, uh, Dallas Phoenix, uh, I, I think Philly, um, you know, has a, uh, an advantage with the way MB's playing and with the way, um, you know, Harden has looked lately. So I'm going to go with the 76ers in this one. I, I'd pick them to, uh, to cover and, and probably to win tonight as well on the money line. Let's talk about your Celtics. Um, they've actually been playing better without Robert Williams. I saw this interesting stat, the Celtics minus 2.3 net rating with Robert Williams on the floor and plus 9.6 with him off the floor. Um, it seemed like Giannis was running out of gas there. He needs some help. What's your assessment of how this series is now going? It's kind of gone the way I thought it would go, Aaron. Uh, I, I think this is the most evenly matched of the four series we have going at the moment, although Philly Miami is pretty close as well in terms of the talent, but I, I picked the Celtics in seven games uh, before the series. I'll, I'll stick with that pick. Certainly uh, Boston coming back to get the win last night behind a huge performance from Al Horford uh, certainly was, was critical. And now uh, we have essentially a best of three series with two of those three games uh, potentially in Boston. Um, so I, I think for Milwaukee, the, the reason that you know, I, I thought this series would slightly uh, lean toward the Celtics and it would go, end up being going in the Celtics' favor is coming to fruition. I just think when the margin is this close and as great as Giannis is and as good as Drew Holiday is as a two-way player, I, I know Drew really struggled with his shot last night going just five for 22, but um, it's a fine line. And, and so I, I think when you're missing Chris Middleton, when you're missing that third offensive option, I think that really caught up with the Bucks last night. They were just 9 for 27 from three. And then when Horford went nuts and the Celtics went on a big run, um, Milwaukee not only did not get the stops they were getting earlier in the game, they did not have the third scoring option, which let uh, the Celtics load up on Giannis and to some extent Holiday. So, um, you know, it seems like Middleton's going to remain out for the rest of the series. And, uh, again, I'll, I'll stick with my pre-series prediction of Boston in seven. But this one is as close as any. I'm splitting hairs. And, uh, you know, I, I could see Milwaukee – pulling the upset as well, given that, um, you know, Giannis is great. And uh, given what we saw from him last year, I'd never bet against that guy in a seven-game series. Ryan, you know, we see this every 
here in the playoffs. We talk about it every year. I wonder if, if you have a, a theory on, on why it is besides just it is. So Maverick Suns, they go back to Dallas, and what do you know? Dallas shoots better, 45% from downtown in game number three. We're seeing this in Philadelphia and Miami. The, the home team has shot well. The road team has shot poorly. Why? Do you, do you have a theory on this? I mean, been around the NBA a long time. Why in the postseason the road team tends to shoot poorly, the home team, especially the role players, tend to shoot better? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I think that's it. The, the role players, are, for whatever reason, are more comfortable. Um, certainly there's some psychological elements behind it that uh, I'm not qualified to, to speak on, but I, I've been around the league for almost 20 years at this point as an executive and now on the media side, and, and for whatever reason, I, the, the role players do seem more comfortable uh, getting to spots, shooting with confidence. Um, you know, I, I guess maybe the stars are used to the uh, vitriol from, from the road fans. They get that in the regular season. They get it in the playoffs as well. So maybe it's not that big of a change where uh, the role players, you know, becomes more of a, a psychological or confidence issue. Um, one thing that I'm, I'm looking at tactically tonight, guys, that I'm really curious to see is I loved how the Suns pressured the Mavs in games one and two here in Phoenix. Uh, they got into the ball. Dallas didn't really have a lot of room to breathe or operate offensively. I thought Phoenix's defense was stifling, especially taking away uh, Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, and, and not allowing the role players to catch and shoot open and threes. Claver made a few, I guess, in the first couple games. But really, other than that, the Suns did a great job of shutting off the Mavs' water offensively. I thought the opposite happened in games three and four in Dallas. I thought the Mavs had way too much space on the perimeter. Brunson emerged. He was more comfortable. And so the question for Phoenix and Monty Williams, and I'm sure they've been uh, agonizing about this, is do you let Luka Doncic go with single coverage guarded by Mikel Bridges or whoever? The Suns haven't had a lot of success slowing him down. No, nobody really has. But uh, in this series, Phoenix has struggled. They don't have a perfect defensive matchup for Luka. Do you let him go and try to score 40 or 50 points and just take away the threes? It's the old Michael Jordan theory, just let him go go do his thing and then limit the rest of the team and try to make one guy beat you? Or do, do you, uh, you know, have it be more uh, more, more balanced where Luke is getting uh, doubled or tripled and then you dare the role players to make shots on the road? That's a difficult decision. I, I'd kind of lean toward the former guys. Just um, if Luke is, you know, can score 50 or 60 and beat you, so be it. But we're not going to give Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock and these guys open spot up threes. That's the way I would go, but I, I can understand the argument on the other side of it as well. And I'm fascinated to see what Monty Williams and his staff have in store for the Mavs tonight in game five. Ryan, from a betting perspective, uh, what we saw games one and two at Phoenix, it was the Suns covering the spread in both games and the over. And then in the Dallas games, it was Dallas covering the spread, winning both games and the under. Does that, does that make sense to you? Uh, is there something to it, or do you look at that and say, ah, oh, that, that's completely random, that if the Suns are going to win, it's going to be a higher-scoring game, and if it's going to be a, a Mavs victory or a cover, it's going to be a lower-scoring game? Yeah, re really good question, and, and I don't have a definitive answer for you. Um, mm -hmm. the, clearly the biggest change for me, other than how Phoenix defended in games one and two at home and then how poorly defended in games three and four, 
on the road. Uh, biggest difference individually was Chris Paul, what was brilliant. I mean, he was vintage Chris Paul. We were talking about uh, at his age, you know, the middle of last week, one of the great all-time playoff runs. And then Dallas was a disaster. I mean, games three and four uh, with, with foul trouble, um, with, you know, the turnovers, with the issue with his, his family, um, you know, really just a number of issues uh, for Chris Paul and the Suns. Um, I, I wouldn't bet against the Suns at home. Guys, this is an electric environment. We are talking about the best team uh, in the league, not only this year, but probably over the last two years combined. And uh, I, I don't think Chris Paul plays three games in a row that poorly, especially here in Phoenix, where he was brilliant in the first two games. So uh, it's difficult. And, and you know, I, I definitely got caught up in it after games one and two, thought Phoenix would roll through this series. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for the Dallas Mavericks, but I think the Suns, you know, on the money line tonight's a good pick. Uh, that number I'm seeing floating between five and a half, six and a half, somewhere in that range. Um, that That's a little much. I mean, I, I do think if Phoenix wins, they'll probably pull away late. Uh, but but I, I'd be less uh, eager to touch that than I would to lay some money on the, uh, the money line uh, because the Suns looked pretty dominant in the first two games in this series at home. Ryan, last time you came on with us, you told us that Aiton was going to have a big game, Bam was going to have a big game, and both of those bets hit for me when I tailed your idea. So who do you think will have a good game tonight? Pressure's but, on. I'll give you my Venmo account <laughs> after the show. You can wire me some money and uh, we'll call yes. it even. <laughs> uh, tonight, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Chris Paul. In, unless there is something that I don't know about wrong with him, which, um, you know, we, we know he was playing through some injuries last year in, in the playoffs and the finals, had a procedure after the season. Um, you know, we, we've all seen him do it. The four of us have seen him do it now throughout his career, uh, you know, 15 or so years at a high level. Um, he had two four games in a row. Um, so as far as any, uh, you know, points, assists over on Chris Paul, um, he was surgical in picking apart Dallas in games one and two. Dallas looked uh, rattled. So I would base that better without even knowing the numbers, uh, just knowing that the numbers have probably come down the way Paul's looked in games three and four in Phoenix, excuse me, in Dallas. So I, I would lay some money on Chris Paul, uh, starting with the assists over and then maybe the points over as well. Uh, I think the point God is going to bounce back in a big way tonight. Ryan, how about in the Miami-Philadelphia uh, game tonight in terms of props? I mean, we, we saw James Harden uh, dust off the old James Harden a little bit a couple nights ago, over 30 points, only did that one time during his uh, his time with the Sixers during the regular season. His number tonight is 20 and a half. Did, did you see something in Harden that, that makes you feel like we, we could see more big games? Was that more of a one-off? What do you think about Harden tonight coming off his best game in a really long time? Yeah, well, I think um... – in order for Philly to win, obviously he'll have to have a good game. I mean, that, that, I think that goes without saying. Um, they, I mean, I, I like the point overs with James. Like if it's 20 and a half, I like the over on that one um, because I, I know Embiid coming back. Obviously, uh, Harden will have the ball in his hands a little bit less and more of the offense will flow through Embiid. But, but on the flip side, I think it's a lot more difficult for Miami now to load up on Harden at, like they did games one and two in Miami. Uh, when, when Embiid was out of the lineup and, and Harden struggled. So I, I, I would, yeah, I, I'd like that a lot. In fact, if, if the number's that low, uh, I like that action. Hit the over 20 and a half on James Harden. Anything as far as tomorrow. So I was a little surprised, and I agree with you. I think the Celtics are going to win this series. Will it happen in six? We'll see. But uh, to move the series back to Boston, they're favored by five and a half, and Golden State's going to have a chance to shut down the Grizzlies on the road. Uh, Golden State three-point road favorite, so that uh, line is obviously telling us Tom Morantz is not going to be playing. Uh, any thoughts on the matchups for tomorrow? 
Well, I, I feel um, better, I guess, about the Golden State Warriors winning that series and probably winning the game tomorrow. Uh, I, I give Memphis a lot of credit, guys. I mean, last night what they did, I, I thought their game plan was brilliant. They executed it really well through the first three, three and a half quarters uh, in terms of making the game slower, more physical. Uh, but then at the end of the day, talent wins in the NBA. And if John Morant is out or limited, Golden State, even at full strength, Golden State has more talent, in my opinion, with the emergence of Jordan Poole. But, uh, so, I, so I like Memphis. Um, you know, I see I like Golden State tomorrow in Memphis uh, to win and to cover. Um, and if it's, it's just three points, I know they're a road favorite, but look at it this way. If the game is close and it's a possession-by-possession possession game coming down the stretch, I trust Golden State at full strength uh, a lot more in terms of execution and, and Steph Curry and Clay and Draymond and these guys and, and Poole in, in terms of making big plays and executing. So I would lean toward the Warriors uh, to win, to cover, and to end the series in five games. Great stuff. That was Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough. Thank you, Ryan. He was on the Roman guest line. Get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for EDL from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash now to get $15 off your first one. That's GetRoman.com slash On the other side, we'll dive into our plays for tonight. Sixers Heat, Maverick Suns. How are we playing these games? Props, game picks coming up on the other side. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawks for BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.